the DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Suicide Squad for each in the individual by each, each. individual for for each and by each all of the minutes by the minutes for the minutes that was it. <laughs> this is uh, yeah we're going into it. This is Suicide Squad. We're talking about minute number thirty-two today. Uh, my name or is Nathan. Are we? Yeah, gosh, let's just restart. <laughs> I'm gonna restart the whole thing. Nope, we're good. <laughs> Today. No, please keep going. <laughs> all right, keep going. My name's Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Sydney. You can find me on Twitter at WonderSid. And uh, I work over at the uh, JLU podcast. Uh, we just recently finished up our Wonder Woman analysis. So look that up. Listen to those episodes. And definitely check it out. I'm sure you won't yeah, be disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you <laughs> be proud of it. Like it, that is a, what you guys do over there is is phenomenal. And if people haven't Thank heard you. of you yet, I don't know how they're listening to this one. And, oh, and well, just the entire that. team appreciates it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we had a lot of fun. Um, our a lot of our Wonder Woman episodes were kind of done in the same format. Um, you know, just uh, Sam and one of the others uh, just chatting about this movie that we all geek out over. Mm-hmm. Radical. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, today we're going to be talking about minute number 32 of Suicide Squad. And that's correct. Uh, the minute's going to start out. Or is it? <laughs> I mean, it's going to start out with uh, Rick Flagg and Amanda Waller uh, ending their very aggressive conversation towards each other. Um, and the minute's going to end with Joker just taking it easy on the floor of his, uh, his hotel suite is what I'm gathering. I, think I don't it's think he's hotel. really taking it easy. It seems like he's in a kind of an emotional state. It looks like he's probably being in an emotional state, but uh, he's, <laughs> he's kicking back. He's relaxing. The only thing that's missing is a drink in his hand. You you said hotel room? I, I was gathered. It looks like a like a hotel suite, to be honest. I can see like the window. It's like a high rise. Maybe not a hotel. We'll, or we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. First of yeah. all. <laughs> Um, with with Rick Flag and Amanda Waller, this is um, kind of the end of the scene that we had yesterday. This being uh, kind of seeing the real face of Amanda Waller, who she really is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably the the realest that we've gotten so far, and it's it's she's got such a huge smile on her face because she's doing what um, she loves to do, which is to I guess disappoint people. Um, there's a, there's a great poker rule when you're, when you're playing the game, it's like, consider what people expect from you and then disappoint them. So, and this is exactly what Amanda Waller does day to day is she knows how people view her being, you know, like just who she is. Right. And then she just completely disappoints them and she wins every time because of that. Yeah, and I will absolutely uh, got to geek out over Viola Davis here because <laughs> she was she was perfect for this role, and I'm kind of reminded of uh, something she said. I think the entire squad was on um, uh, Conan, mm-hmm. and I remember I, I think Conan was telling her that she was amazing, or you know that she was really scary in this role, and and she just said, "Thank you, I was playing myself." <laughs> yes. So I'm just like, yeah, she's just that cool, and she brings that to Amanda Waller. Yeah. Again, like we were talking about yesterday, this is just one of those casting decisions that was just on the spot. Like, of course, like who else is going to play this character? It's just a natural, um, you know, natural for Viola Davis. So it's just awesome. Um, 
But yeah, and you know, if when we talk about sequels for Suicide Squad and stuff, it's like we want to see more of this character. Mm-hmm. We we smile just as wide as she does when she wins at something. Even though she's a villain, it's like a villain that you're like, yeah, you like I'm rooting for you, but you're a terrible person. Um, but let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I think we like villains because they're very confident um, or they're very clever. And, you know, I, I, I hate to keep piling on on Rick Flagg, but in this scene, you can really see the contrast between them. Like, she's the one in control of the situation and she has him wrapped around her little finger. Um, so she just, yeah, she comes across as... Maybe not the most likable, because you're right, she's she's sinister, but the the character that the audience is almost rooting for yeah it's uh there's amanda waller in comic book history has she never had like a code name or like a it's always just been amanda waller it's no, never... i mean well she was the like, wall yeah the it's wall. not a code name but her nickname is the wall yeah and then i think there was other things when they were a part of like checkmate and stuff like that or different I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe they were like using like secret i did before they actually revealed that amanda waller was behind it all or something like that i don't know yeah the boss. yeah so she's being sneaky yeah. but she just yeah she doesn't need a code name she she stands on her own mm-hmm. oh yeah i was just asking because like <laughs> it, to like you know when you consider like her character and then the way that she's able to kind of trap rick flag in, in a way where it's like you can figure out who i am but you're already locked into it and mm-hmm. kind of thing like you're already trapped like i have you like three moves ahead and like at this point, like you, you just have to go with it. It doesn't matter if you know my. Oh, she like, doesn't need like an identity or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like that's why Batman still like will call her up. He's got you know Amanda Waller on speed dial. Yeah, and I'm sure she has Batman on speed dial, but it rings to Bruce's house. She knows. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Al. Yo, give me Bruce <laughs> Pennyworth. Yeah. It's Amanda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I want to know. Like, it, it kind of seems like if this. Um, I don't know how far her character goes back. She strikes me as a character that was probably created in like the eighties. Um, yeah, it was when. Um, oh gosh, uh, the first Suicide Squad that came out. Um, oh my gosh. Well, the first Suicide Squad was some really campy thing yeah. from the fifties, but it was revived in the eighties in sort of its mm-hmm. current form. Um, so yeah, I think maybe she goes back to the eighties. If I'm wrong, I'd have to look at the exact date. But if she was a character who was created in say you know, 50s or 60s, I imagine she would have been given some kind of kooky code name. Has, has there ever been... Pestmaster? <laughs> hmm. I don't know, because I like, um, you know, I guess also Aquaman hype, I always kind of laugh that um, the villain Orm, mm-hmm. like his name is Ocean Master, and I'm just like, he's the, he's the leader of a nation, he doesn't need a code name. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we don't, we don't call evil dictators in real life history by code names we just call them by their names but that was just kind of a a thing to do in really old comics mm-hmm. like everybody's got a code name yeah yeah so i'm just like what would amanda waller's code name be i don't know like if, if, if black widow is taken but i i probably yeah. would have gone with that that's a good one i was thinking of that too. <laughs> it's a, a very fitting for the way mm-hmm. she she viper, gets people something Ooh, i like viper Ooh. viola davis the viper yeah there you go <laughs> Just call her Viola Davis. That's mm-hmm. the that's the pseudonym. <laughs> um, I'm thinking now, like, has there ever been a moment where Amanda Waller and Alfred Pennyworth have had a conversation? Because I feel mm-hmm. like she would love, like, Amanda Waller would, like, it, let's say she goes to Wayne Manor. She's, like, trying to talk to Batman, but, like, 
talking to the mask that is Bruce Wayne. I feel like that character would love Alfred Pennyworth in like a very respectful way where it's like, like you're just the best. Like, like there's something to me that I would be like, I want to see that conversation. What Alfred and Amanda Waller would, would say to each other. Cause I feel like it'd be very respectful, but he knows like, all right, you're an evil person, but there's something about, and maybe like there's a deeper level. Like she's like this woman in power and, Alfred is just like some like servant dude. Like maybe there's something in there, but like I feel like that's a good conversation that I would love to see some dialogue between those two characters. Yeah. I've actually I've never thought of that before, but actually now that I think about it, I'm kind of the opposite. Like I kind of don't want them to meet. And my reasoning is um you know, Alfred he, he's you know one of the few characters who routinely talks back to Batman all the time. Mm-hmm. So he's you know, he's the butler, but he's not he's not really a subservient type, you know, he's really polite, but I think he always, you know, he always has a sarcastic jab for everybody. And I just feel like same thing. Amanda Waller is always the kind of person who needs to have the last word. So I think it would be like a, what is it? Unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. Of just people trying to get the last word. Yeah. I know. I I wouldn't want to see either of them, come out the the loser in that situation so i'm just like oh maybe they shouldn't meet yeah because now you... <laughs> then i wouldn't even i wouldn't have to take a side yeah because because in this universe you'd have to think of jerry jeremy irons alfred and, oh. and viola davis's amanda waller and oh gosh I, I will actually in that context i would love to see them meet yeah and then they just <laughs> they just have an alliance about digging on batman <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. Maybe maybe they could have a rapport that way. <laughs> so neither of them is a loser, only Batman. Yeah, <laughs> like all three of them in a room. Batman gets pissed off and storms out, and the two of them look at each other like, God, "This guy, am I right? <laughs> this guy, <laughs> like, really? You have oh to my put God. up I, with him." Seriously, oh I love God. Batman, but I also love Batman being made fun of by people he knows. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I live for that. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, but yeah, so. She she definitely gets you know we we kind of see her her true uh, revelations in this one, um, and then we we segue over to another villain in this film, um, and this one this one is a more controversial one. This one's not so universally loved, um, but with that being said, Jared Leto's Joker, um, I I like this interpretation of the Joker. I just think in the in the whole context of the film. It either needed to be uh, more of him or less of him. Um, mm, yeah, that's the controversial bit. Yeah. Uh, my view on that has always been, even before the movie came out, I, I don't know if I was in the minority, but I saw some other people talking about this. Before the movie came out, I was one of a small group of people who actually didn't want Joker to be too much of a central character. I, I kind of figured since it was a story about the Suicide Squad, it should star them. Like Joker's place in that context is to serve as sort of some backstory and character development for Harley, who's more of the central character here. Um, and then after the movie came out, everybody was all angry that he wasn't in more of it. And I was just like, I don't think he should have been in more of it. But yeah, maybe there was an issue of balance there. Maybe he was in it... You know, it, he was in it enough that it seemed weird that he wasn't in more. Yeah, I think what the and what bothers me the most about it is, you know, so people go see Suicide Squad, either they love the Joker or they hate the Joker, 
but it's all they want to talk about with Suicide Squad. And they're like, oh, like the Joker was terrible. Or like, oh, Jared Leto did nothing wrong. And he like gives a great interpretation. You guys are just hung up on 2008. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, but are we going to talk about how perfect like Harley Quinn was? Cause she's like this protagonist or she's like, a, yeah, not a protagonist, but she's like a main character top billing or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. so how about we all just start talking about how great this character was and stuff like that. But it's like, no, it's like, Hey, we know your character was great and all, but we want to talk about this more controversial point. And it's like, okay. So she gets like kind of uh, put on the bench from her own film that yeah. critics just want to talk about or, or just anyone wants to talk about Jared Leto's Joker and it's like okay can we just like let's move on here because I I appreciate Jared Leto coming in and doing the character or whatever but maybe you should have just been well it's not even that it's like even if he was just minimalized to just flashback scenes it's all we would still be talking about mm-hmm. is this guy and it's like yeah are we just he's <laughs> It's, it's one of those things where it isn't even really a problem with the movie. It's a problem with public perception. It's just Joker is such an iconic character. Like, he's more famous than most A-list DC heroes. Um, so it's impossible to have him in a movie in only a, like, minimal capacity and have him not be a center of attention. So <laughs> he's just that kind of character. Um, so I guess maybe in that light it was a mistake to have the character there in the first place because, yeah, he's 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 distracting from the squad who are the actual main characters of the story. Um, that being said, I, I'm one of those people who really liked Jared Leto's performance and I want to see more of it. Uh, I just more want to see him in not, I don't necessarily need to see him in a suicide squad sequel. I want to see him in a Batman movie because then he can, you know, he can be as flamboyant as he wants Mm -hmm. and he can really shine in that and it wouldn't be distracting. Yeah, that's the thing. Distracting is probably... And I wonder if that conversation never yeah. was talked about, you know. With but you know why it is, because that's his that's his uh, MO. That's his, like, I have to be the center of attention. That's yeah. what this character is. Yeah, I think they figured that he was, he was definitely necessary because Harley was in the story. Like, it would kind of be too weird to have Harley in the movie without acknowledging her past with Joker, because that's sort of part of her whole origin story. So it, it's kind of... It was sort of a no-win scenario because they, they had to have Joker in the story, but having Joker in the story immediately means that he's going to become center of attention. I think he should have just been in one scene and like for like <laughs> five <laughs> seconds, like right before she drops into like a vat and like just have mm. it like full body, like good coverage of him so we can get like good stills of what he actually would look like in camera. Only give him a couple lines of dialogue and just, you know, say jump and like have him just like just that ominous creature and then go and Mm. then focus shifts to harley quinn again you still have joker in it he was still you know somewhat responsible for her origin but you focus back on harley quinn again i I agree with all you guys he's too distracting i everybody was wanted to focus on joker when he completely missed all the other people right and that's a you know I, i guess you could say that's a that's a an overall issue with the character however since the character is in the movie I did enjoy mm-hmm. his scenes and I thought that he nailed it in many parts. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe it was a problem that the character was in the movie to begin with, but since he is there, his scenes were yeah. good. I yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. I agree. I think. So yeah, that's, I mean, I enjoy this movie and like I said in the last episode, I don't think it's great, but I can rearrange my thought processes for it to just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Scene by scene, like, these isolated moments that happen throughout this film are good moments. Like 
mm-hmm. you know, scenes involving Harley and the Joker, amazing. Scenes involving Rick Flagg and Amanda Waller, amazing. Scenes with just the Suicide Squad, like whether they're in a bar or they're doing an action bit, it's like amazing, amazing. And then it's like you, then it's like put in like this trailer house version and like strung it all together, and it's like, hold on, <laughs> something, yeah, okay. something yeah. went wrong here. <laughs> it's like it's like not all the the sum of all the parts did not like equal, you know, it didn't it somehow didn't come together correctly. Um, yeah sure i'll acknowledge that yeah yeah, but it's like it is when the and like we have some more amazing joker moments this week that we're going to be talking about and it's like every time he shows up i'm like i'm having a good time and but then it's like oh but i don't know why you're in here yeah (laughs) um we get to this room um and he's i i want to i don't think it's a hotel i think it's like I think it's his home, like either an apartment or a condo, like a or penthouse something. suite kind of thing. Maybe yeah. hotel was the in wrong Gotham? word. I don't know why. Probably in Gotham, <laughs> high rise. I was just thinking hotel because I don't live in high rise apartments, so that's not where my mind goes to. Yeah, he he he's a high roller in this movie. Yeah. So this is definitely yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is another reason why I like this Joker. I like this the this, mob boss. Yeah, I like this new mm-hmm. spin on mm-hmm. mob boss Joker. I like that idea. Um, oh, and I, I guess this is this is something that's probably going to color a lot of my analysis about him over the next few episodes. But I, I mean, this is David Ayer's. Have you ever seen any of David Ayer's other movies, yeah. like Fury or End of Watch? Mm-hmm. Like this is all kind of his style. He 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 does things in kind of a more realistic, grounded way. And there's precedence in the comics as well, specifically Brian Ozzarello and Lee Bermejo's Joker comic. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read that, but it's it's the same thing. It, it portrays Joker more like, yeah, like a mob boss, which is probably what he would be in real life. Um, you know, he could still be this flamboyant, colorful villain, but he has to have a very practical way of pulling off his schemes, which means you have an organization, you have hired, you know, guns. Um, so I th- that's what uh, David Ayer was trying to do with the Joker, and I think that was really weird to a lot of people but i think it totally works i always thought it was yeah definitely brian azarello and also you know the joker i i think nate i think you disagree with this one but the Mm. dark knight returns joker is is kind of like how i saw this one because i I see him Uh as this person who is very theatrical um Mm -hmm. and and i think you know like i I can kind of see this Joker with Ben Affleck's Batman. I just need to actually see them together to mm-hmm. be like, okay, now it makes sense for me. Oh, I, yeah, I can see it in my mind, but I need to see it in yeah, reality. <laughs> I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it can work. I just need to see it. Mm-hmm. But I, um, it just needs to be one of those things I put we put two and two together because strangely, these characters, those two characters don't meet in this film. And that was one of the things that felt like not that, not that it was needed, but it was like, wait, you have them both in the film, but they don't meet each other at any point. Then it would become a Batman and Joker movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's if if Joker's already chewing up enough of the scenery by just being there, then having him and Batman have any actual interaction would just become the whole movie. And that's all anyone would be able to talk about. So I know a lot of people were disappointed, but I kind of think for the movie, that was for the best. Fair enough. I'll take it. Like they were in this, they were in the same place, but yeah, if, if they started talking, they'd be talking about 
them stuff and that wouldn't have anything to do with the squad necessarily yeah exactly um, there's there are um you know as out there as a lot of people seem to think leto's joker is there's a lot of um things that stick pretty close to the comics like actually that that car chase scene where batman and joker i guess were in the same place um that scene is kind of a play for play very similar to i think the very first issue that joker was ever in like back in 1939 or 1940 oh okay okay yeah Yeah. it was a similar car chase that ends with joker's car going into the water um and uh his outfits in this movie every single outfit he wears resembles something Mm -hmm. from the comics like in this scene you know going back to brian ozzarello's joker comic he's wearing an outfit that's very much like what he wears there um i think during that car chase scene he's wearing a white suit that's very similar to what he wore in dark knight returns um and i think later on he's wearing a tuxedo that looks like that uh, uh alex ross painting oh so, yeah, yeah 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 so you know he only has a few appearances but i, I appreciate that that air and the, the whole filmmaking crew um really paid attention to details like that yeah so with good segue yeah because <laughs> now in this this scene that we have here with the joker and um his his buddy i think it's his last name is frost johnny frost yeah johnny yeah, frost he's also from the comic <laughs> so he comes in and basically johnny frost is here to tell him that you know we found harley quinn they're, they're rounding up criminals you get labeled a terrorist and you get immediately sent to a black black site which in louisiana which it is kind of like a, a plot dump but more importantly is the environment that he that he comes to joker in and, and it's like okay, we're introducing this character, this DC character into this DC shared universe. What is the situation right now with this character? Because Johnny Frost comes in to relay this information, but he's walking into a, a Kingpin's uh, domain, basically. Uh, it could mm. be a, a penthouse suite. You know, you know, this is, or maybe just another stop, another, another uh, you know, Area he doesn't have like a home. He just kind of bounces around. Yeah, and just takes over whatever he wants to take over. I mean, he sets up shop. Mm-hmm. Can't really put his name on the lease. Or he signs it with a yeah. Joker and a smiley Joker. face. Yeah, <laughs> Batman's like, like that's not a legal name. <laughs> oh, I heard you moved in here, so now yeah. I gotta bust you up again. Well, at least like, he can oh, keep tabs on him. Yeah. I don't housewarming gift. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what what is the situation with him? Because we come in, Johnny Johnny Frost comes in um you know he kind of looks like he's been partying all night it's kind of like fatigued a little bit i'm not sure who joker yeah he just seems distraught he seems yeah yeah, i'm i don't think that's a result of partying yeah i I think he's yeah he's he looks distraught there's he's got like a bunch of laptops yes i think he's like a lot of things to unload in this trying to find where every anything about harley i think he's just you know he's been up all night Mm -hmm. looking for her he's like also been up all night arranging all those knives and guns yeah. <laughs> around it. I think, um, you know, jo- Joker is such a chaotic character. I think this is what he does to unwind. I think his his comfortable place is surrounded by weapons of violence. You know, we talked. That's just how we he talked is. about <laughs> the being being the center of attention, and here he is making all these weapons around him, and he mm-hmm. as a, he's the center yeah, of he's it. The center of it, and everything he's done is is. Uh, formed into somewhat of a circle around him the computers are in a circle um i yeah i don't i guess he is searching for harley quinn in in some capacity with all these laptops 
he didn't know that you could op- open multiple tabs on a browser. <laughs> uh, maybe they're all got different proxy servers and IPs are forwarded to something else and no one knows where he is. Uh, I think he's just arranging all of his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, He's maybe not necessarily, maybe he's got Minecraft open on one Probably. of them. Probably. <laughs> put it past him. He's got, uh, you know, a Penguin Club server is still open. Oh, Club he's Penguin. running it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's got Vanilla WoW on, on a server. But uh, uh, what's underneath the laptops? Are they phones as well? Nope. Wrong way, buddy. Oh. One one detail that people have pointed out that is completely perplexing is what looks like baby clothes, mm-hmm. little baby onesies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there's necessarily a reason for that. I think it's just supposed to be creepy and disturbing, which, you know, fits the bill. Yeah, it's pretty good timing <laughs> that we're doing this. Um, I think it was this past week, if not last week, um, in relation to us, I actually was scrolling through Twitter and someone mm-hmm. posted it on David Ayers like they asked him a question. And I'm generalizing here. His answer was essentially they're the same onesies that the kids were using in the vision that Harley has of her normal life. Oh, at the end of the movie? Well, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like that's just a vision. Like that didn't actually happen. And yet these baby clothes Mm -hmm. are real. So like I'm trying to like think like there were probably points to be made where they like went baby clothes shopping at one point in hopes to have a family in their own little delusional area. And they just happen to have those clothes like, you know, in preparation. Yeah. Or it's because that seems like something strange for the Joker to do, except as a joke. So maybe it was just something that Harley did because, you know, and he just has it there because it's Mm -hmm. something that belonged to her. Or, you know, is the Joker's done worse but he's probably killed babies and <laughs> he just held on to some trophies and i'm like yeah i i know it sounds really awful but this is the yeah, joker yeah, yeah. so put why not character. put it past them y- y'all yeah. signed up for this character yeah. y'all uh, this is it's one <laughs> of those things oh yeah you want to put him in this movie okay. yeah it's one of those things where i'm like hey yeah. you guys like this character a lot well uh here you go i don't know why you guys... i'm just like harley quinn <laughs> no you're not honey yeah please don't because <laughs> <laughs> they're all psychopaths it's almost yeah yeah it's so I, I I don't really read too much into it other than there's a bunch of guns, there's a bunch of knives, and then some baby clothes because why not? Yeah, <laughs> just their very presence is creepy. And and uh, <laughs> he's he's like Howard Hughes this whole room, and he's like I, I put this knife right here, I put this knife right here, and it's like okay, dude, you're like you're cracking, you're like you're, you're like mm-hmm. you're having a mental breakdown. And he's just like I just need to put everything in order and it's like okay like it's like a disassembled piano uh-huh because um earlier in this shot um when uh johnny frost is talking to him you'll see uh the the top of the piano yeah. against the wall with the writing all up and down it so I, I don't know if anyone has like an actual close-up shot of that piano but there's a ton of writing. It might just That's, be. Come on, who is and David answer he David answer David Ayer answered the question about the baby clothes, and yet no one was asking these real questions. Like, hey, what was that writing about? Why was the piano disassembled? Uh, there's all over the on the bottom of the laptops. It's all Joker cards. Why does he have all Joker cards? I mean, obviously he's Joker, but a deck yeah, of fifty-two I, cards I only has two Jokers in it. <laughs> so he bought. I think the whole point was the 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 set designers 26. were just like make it look like chaos you know i if there's any writing it's probably not important it might there might be some interesting trivia kind of like um a lot of the writing on harley's bat is some of harley quinn's dialogue from her very first appearance in the animated series 
Um, so it could be something like that. They could have, you know, written some stuff that was relevant to the comics or the animated series, but it's just a, you know, it's a little detail. That's where we're going to have to know those details. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know those details. <laughs> oh, I don't care about the kid clothes. Yeah, Come tweet, on. Tweet I got it, that. Yeah. That David Ayer makes. Uh, so, uh, Hey man, enough of those say? kid clothes. Let's get to the real questions. Yeah. Let's, uh, would you explain the, the mise-en-scene of yeah. this room? Like what's going yeah, on tell here? Me. <laughs> That's the first time I'm noticing that piano. That's is uh, that carpet. It looks like carpet. Or is that, it almost looks like stone. Stone? You got to see if, if the things are like folding around the knives or not. If they're like, yeah, it's like indentation. Yeah, it's look carpet. Look at that. It's carpet. That's carpet? Yeah. You're telling me those creases are carpet? Yeah. And look at um, like the, the... Coming up next on the Interior Decorating Podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the stuff. This is what you signed this is, up yeah, for. Yeah, this is what we get into. Uh, yeah, no, Joker's got a... He, he, he's got a style. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I think of here is... And this is another, I guess, controversial aspect because it's something that a lot of people figure was changed a lot, like with with reshoots or just editing. But Joker seems to really care for Harley in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think David Ayer even mentioned that the his original take on the story was um, that Harley, by the end, would leave Joker. You know, that was kind of part of her character development. Mm-hmm. Um First of all, we kudos to David Ayer for being such a good sport about all this. He shouldn't have to apologize for something that he made, mm-hmm. but him answering questions is pretty cool. Just want to say that. Um, but yeah, most people's idea of the Joker is that he doesn't care about anyone. He certainly doesn't care about Harley. You know, at the most, you would say that he's just possessive of her because she's something that belongs to him. Um, but in these moments. I mean, he's probably still just being really possessive, but he really seems, like we said, distraught that he can't find her or doesn't know where she is. Yeah, um, and and maybe maybe the safe way is to just assume that he doesn't know what he wants. Maybe he's like, oh, I don't need you. Just like some tool, I'll use you and then lose you. And then it's like, and then this happens and he's like, oh, but I, I, I need Harley Quinn. And it's like, okay, uh mm. <laughs> Which one is it? And it's like, maybe that's his dilemma where he's like, and we said this a while ago. Remember why I said like Harley Quinn, maybe she's doing this deep dive of like, she goes insane just to cure him. And this is, this is the, the little ebbings of that, that this is slowly curing him. This process that she deep dived into his world. Mm Mm-hmm. And Whoa, she's, she's playing long yeah, game. Yeah, turning him out. Exactly, yeah. yeah. She, <laughs> it's, she's playing a long game where she, there's a reason she's a 19-year-old like psychiatrist who's really good at her job and has gotten here at her age and like excelled so much. So to be that smart of a person, she knew that she could do this, but it took everything, it, like it took everything. She had to risk everything. And so she has to become Harley Quinn to eventually cure this man. And so like, this is like, mm-hmm. this is like a tiny bit of evidence that he's like, okay, why am I crazy about this person? And, and, and starting to see that. So like, maybe, maybe there's something there. I don't know. No, I think you're right. That's a cool idea. Um, that's not really, I don't think that's how I see it. Um, I don't see it that I way think... either. I just, <laughs> I honestly don't care. About we're just, character. we're fishing. Right. Well, 
like we said, he, he likes to be the center of attention. I think the idea that he's got Harley, who completely adores him and is completely devoted to him, I think he probably gets off on that. So um, I think the fact that she was taken away from him seems like a personal insult, something that can't be allowed to stand. It could be that he doesn't really know what he's feeling right here. Um, and I don't know, I always had this idea that Harley... Because even if you read Mad Love or, you know, go through stuff in the comics, like, she was always kind of a, um, what would you call it? His property? Not sinister. Oh. What? Sorry. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking about even before Harley met the Joker. Oh, okay. Like, she was never a good girl even to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, <laughs> so it's like, it, it kind of seems like meeting the Joker just kind of made her even worse. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think she was ever a good person. I don't know that she has a... a you know, a long plan for trying to rehabilitate the Joker. I think she likes him the way he uh, yeah. is. I mean, <laughs> which obviously isn't healthy, but it's what she. Yeah, feels. I mean, I mean, they're all from Gotham, so they're all terrible, right? Like even Batman. <laughs> it's like I don't know why you guys praise that guy either. It's like you're all a bunch of loonies. So there's something in the water. Yeah, something in that the water. thing is Joker toxins. <laughs> like, the Court of Elves were right. Should have wiped this place yeah. a long time ago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's and I don't. I think um. You know, uh, I, I usually, my preferred version of the Joker typically isn't a very um, emotional person either, except, you know, maybe just being like really angry or really violent. But this portrayal still fits with the comics. Like one, once again, in Brian Azzarello's, um Joker graphic novel, the Joker is sort of portrayed with more human emotion. And he actually is shown to, like in a moment of emotional weakness, sort of like you know, cling to Harley Quinn. So she clearly offers him comfort in that version of the character so i think maybe that's kind of what was brought to this movie yeah so it's a different take but as far as the publication history of the character character goes it's a valid one i think that's all that matters is that like the the interpretation is 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 different and it's valid it's like yeah it's you know i it's it's one of those things where it's like this is cool i like that you guys did this um that being said, I don't know. I don't know if I would have wanted it, but it's like it, it's one of those things where it's like didn't ask for it, but okay, cool. Um, and yeah, and it's, yeah, exactly. And it's, I, I think that's why I do want to defend it more, is because some people are like, no, it's awful. It's not this, and it's like it's not supposed to be this. It's supposed to be that, and it's like, oh, thanks, Hades. <laughs> um, and so it, it's just, it's just one of those things where I'm like, um, yeah, it's just I, I, it is a really neat different inter- interpretation of the character and mm-hmm. i'm glad that it kind of exists so we can look at it um yeah and him him having a few human emotions doesn't like it doesn't rehabilitate him he's still an awful person oh, so it's yeah. like okay <laughs> you know he's still a super villain but so i i think maybe we're not used to seeing a joker with any kind of human emotion but he can still have them and be an interesting villain yeah absolutely and then one one more thing before we wrap up because uh that I guess that was Hades telling us to wrap it up. He hit the oh yeah, it was a gong. It was just his tail. Hit <laughs> he was it. like, "It's time to wrap it up. <laughs> Move on to the next episode." Um, the the tattoos on on Joker on this one, mm-hmm. the damage is almost kind of like opaque. It's like covered up with more. Like did he put more makeup on top of him? See, that's because yeah, you like can't makeup see or sweat. it. Yeah, you can't see it. Um, and normally it's a tattoo, so it's supposed to be very clear and vivid. 
I don't think he puts makeup on. I thought that was just his skin. Like this, this. Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing is he has a drawn on face, which, you know, I get that this Joker likes to, you know, be a very theatrical person. So I understand that part, but it was just the damaged part that I was like, very odd that you can't see it in this one. I wonder if they mm. blurred it out or something, but, um, yeah, let us know if you guys have any information on the Joker and what's going on in this scene, any behind the scenes stuff that you guys know that we're missing out on, please let us know at DCU minutes and the Facebook group that you can join called the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. We can join us, other listeners, and other guests to talk about this minute or any minutes you're catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 33 of Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs>